The last thing I want to do is spend the whole episode one-upping each other with props and merchandise. <laughs> you all are stumbling in. I, I, I think, Jim, you would definitely one-up me on merchandise. I, I actually don't collect a lot of stuff because I used to collect a lot of stuff and comic books got out of hand. So I had to give that up. So anyways, um, we were all talking, by the way, everyone, about our dice. What are these? What's the origin of these amazing dice that we're going to be using tonight, Jim? Uh, it looks like you're using the same ones I'm using. So these are the beautiful. I, I, again, I'm going to stop. Oh, shit. <laughs> they can't I, stay I, in I, his I, hands. Of course, I dropped it. <laughs> of course. Uh, so not, not to sound like a shill, but these are the uh, <laughs> these are the uh, the Kirk's tunic dice. These are the, the green, uh, the beautiful green uh, D20s with the gold uh, numbers and the gold delta symbol on the one face. Uh, these came packaged with the tricorder set, uh, and then we also sold them separately as uh, in, a, in a blister. Um, so right. um, they are really chunky, though. Uh, I did not realize how just how big these dice would be until we got them. They're they're much bigger than the standard STA D20s, and they're also bigger than the Klingon because the Klingon D20s are a little bit bigger than the standard <laughs> than the standard uh, STA dice. And then these these Kirk dice are even bigger. Which you know, I, I guess for Kirk, it's uh, he's larger than life, and why not make his dice be the largest of them all? So, yeah, these uh, are so classy, and you know, I've been playing tabletop, I think, for the ninth week now with a group of people, um, and I give them their dice. You know, they they deal with like these dice. You know, these are like the command dice I'm showing right now, the red ones, and I'm dropping them too. Um, uh, but I think it, I think I deserve to always roll these dice as game master. <laughs> so these are going to be my special dice that I keep just for my rolls. Nice. Okay. Anyways. The reason we're here tonight, people, is because this is our final uh, uh, episode in a series debuting Captain's Log. We've been talking about it for weeks, and we're finally at my favorite part of the book, and yeah. that is the probability matrices. It's the appendix. You want to give a little intro to that? Oh, actually, let's give an intro to ourselves first. I'm so excited to play. I'm moving too fast. And I do want to say, too, before I even start there, I'm drinking out of a Spock cup, if you haven't noticed this. <laughs> and, I, and what kind of tea do you think I'm drinking because we're playing Captain's Log? Well, I, I mean, it's a it's a it's a mashup because if it's Earl Grey, then you're, of course. you're drinking it out of an original series Spock cup. So that's a little bit of a. <clears throat> no. Was was Spock not a captain? Uh, he was a captain. Yeah. Thank you. This is all captain tonight. We're all using captain, the Kirk, yep. the Kirk tunic dice. We're nice. using Sp Captain Spock's cup, and I'm drinking Earl Grey. I I, I plan to dominate. <laughs> you, are, you are good to go. You, you've trumped me on the on the on the captain stuff for tonight. So good job. All right. I am Michael Dismuke. I am with uh, a co-host with Jim here on continuing conversations where we talk everything Star Trek RPG. We're proud to talk Captain's Log right now. I'm also a blogger on continuing missions, which is the number one fan site for Star Trek Adventures RPG. And I'm a freelance writer for Captain, uh, a freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures and lead writer for Captain's Log, which I'm very proud about. My dad, he, he'll cry. Uh, when he finds out about it. I haven't even told him because of NDA at this point, Jim. Oh. But now let's introduce Jim Johnson. <laughs> that That is uh, NDA loyalty right there. You isn't, it, isn't it, though? Don't even tell your family, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah. Hey, everybody. I'm Jim Johnson. I'm the project manager and line editor for the Star Trek Adventures RPG, published by Modifius Entertainment. Low these many years now, going on eight years strong. I am also the co-host of this here uh, podcast, uh, YouTube show, etc. Continuing conversations with Michael Dismuke. Uh, we are 90 plus episodes strong now, just cranking away here along with the game line. And uh, we are here to continue our conversation about Captain's Log. Uh, this will be, I think, probably the last episode covering the entirety of the book. And then we're going to do a bunch of riff episodes at some point, I'm confident. But uh, tonight we're uh, we're getting into the into the into the super heavy duty tools section. It's all the appendices uh, about the about the book that are that you use to help tell stories more effectively. So, uh, Michael, kick us off here. Let's get into it. Yeah, mind you, there are. A lot of pages of appendices, a lot of probability matrices. <clears throat> for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time and now have to go back and watch the first episode, these are the random tables. Some solo RPGs call these oracles, um, but these are random tables to provide prompts so that you can push yourself in the game. Meaning anytime you think it's going a little easy or you're boring yourself, you're supposed to roll on one of these tables. Tonight, what we're going to do, because there's so many tables, we can't possibly go through them all. We are going to show you how to write up your initial mission. So we know Star Trek usually opens up with a captain's log. Each uh, show, you know, the TNG or TOS opens up with that first scene. And the captain's log kind of establishes where you were, where you're going, and what your current mission is. Um, and so we're going to show you the mechanics, <clears throat> as for those of you who have the book, page 255, about generating mission types. And this is going to be a detailed description of how to generate missions. And these probability matrices kind of step you through that. Um, the steps we're going to go through is we're going to first roll a mission type, which is on page 257. For those of you who are following along, then we're going to roll on the specific type matrix. So once we have a mission, what kind of specific mission is it? Page 257 through 266. We're going to roll what that inciting incident is on page 267. Then we're going to roll D20 according to the game rules. You've got to roll a D20 to generate a starting advantage or a complication based on whether you get an odd or even result on the dice. And then step five, depending on the result, we're going to roll a starting advantage. Uh, uh, did we just catch <laughs> Pausing for a second. Okay, I'm I'm coming back from pausing people. You know, we're very, you know, we're very Sanford and Son here. We're very down to earth people. And, and I, for a second, I thought steps four and five were the same. I am now breathing. You know, when you're learning a new game, you sometimes have to reread things. This was written correctly. Step yeah. four, we roll to determine whether you're going to start with an advantage or a complication. And then step five, you decide exactly what that advantage or what that complication is. Thank you, Jim. I almost had a heart attack. Step six, <laughs> step six, we add a little more twist into your inciting incident by rolling an encounter. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. <clears throat> Me and Jim will take turns rolling. And as we roll, you're going to see us riff and our imaginations expand as we create to you a single mission opening that will not be like any other show you've ever seen before. You could do this a thousand times. You will never roll the same thing. That's what's wonderful about probability matrices. You excited, Jim? I'm super excited. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, let's jump right in. So basically what we're going to do is go to the mission type. Let's give a little background on these mission types. I pulled these mission types together from actually Star Trek Adventures. Many of the mission types that are listed there in Star Trek Adventures um, 
it was so thorough that I was like, you know what? They covered everything. Let's use that as our base uh, D20 matrices. Now you'll notice if you roll a 19 or 20, you actually have to roll two mission types, meaning you may have a, 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 a plot, B plot going on with your solo RPG story. So, so Jim, uh, why don't you, if you have anything to say about that, and I think you should have the honor of, of rolling the mission type tonight. Okay. Uh, so what I will say is um, I am, I, when I saw the first draft of this, Michael, and, and I, and I saw your mission type table, I was, I had, I had a very little happy moment in my heart because um, I, I was the lead writer on the command source book way back in the day. And, uh, and those, um, uh, what, what the hell did I do? What, what did I call those? Um, Mission plot, profiles. Plot, plot components. Oh, okay. Um, when yeah. I was putting those plot components together for each of the three division books, um, I looked at the titles in here and I was like, oh, those are right off those tables in the, in the command and, and operations and science source book. And it just made me so happy that we were finding a way to um, reuse that content in a different format, right? Yeah. So um, for those of you who want to learn more information about what is aid and comfort and what do all these different things mean, hey, go buy the division source book because there's even more detail in there if you want to, if you want to use those in a different way of telling stories. Anyway, yeah. And I did truncate those explanations once yeah. you roll and select something. I did truncate those explanations you originally wrote into these. So it's a little uh, uh, what's people's appetite to that. Right. right. So here we go. So mission type. I have uh, this is a 1D20 uh, table. Uh, we're looking for a result from 1 to 20, obviously. And like Michael said, 19s and 20s, we're going to actually roll two mission types, which means that our, our, our mission just got more complicated because we got more things to deal with. So here we go. When and I do want to admit, I want to let people know, we have not yet rolled our ship type and we have not rolled who our captain is, but that's okay. You can do that in this game. So so I just want people to know that sometimes you you could have done that first. This is just an option we're showing you of rolling your mission type first. And, and to put this into context, we are um, we are part of the writer's room. The, uh, the producers are still casting the show. They don't know who the lead char characters are yet. The, uh, the art team is still figuring out what the ship is going to look like. But in the meantime, we're the writer's room. We know that we have we have a, a contract of 10 episodes that have to go on the air. And we're starting to write those episodes. And in order for us to write those episodes, we've got to start somewhere. So we may not know who the characters are yet, but we can certainly start writing an episode. <laughs> so That's right. Okay, here I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes right. too. So let's Mission go. Type. Here we go. Dun, 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 dun. I rolled, oh, I rolled an 18. No, I just I just missed the two mission parameter, but 18. This is going to be a tactical mission. Okay, this is exciting. Now we're going to go over to tactical. I'm going to scroll over to tactical and I'll read it to all of you what a tactical mission is comprised of. And, and darn it, Michael, mm -hmm. uh, only because we're really playing this now, I just realized that in the mission type table on page mm -hmm. 257, mm -hmm. we should have put in parentheses page number so that they could go straight to that, uh, uh, oh well. Uh, it's, I mean, You'll be happy to know it only took me four right swipes to do it. So yeah, it's in alphabetical order. Yeah, it's only a couple of pages. So it's not that big a deal, but just like thinking about the usability, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, we should put the page number in there. Oh, well, right. let's learn. All right. So, so tactical. Now, Michael, it's your turn to roll. We're now looking at the tactical. Do you want to read the description of tactical or should we just go with it? Yeah, let's let's read it because we want to give people a picture of how this looks in our mind because they'll they'll be reading this, right? Okay, so I'll read it and then you roll, okay? Okay, sounds right, good. So uh, this is going to be a tactical mission type. Uh, and the description is, a hostile alien probe enters Federation space. The Romulans attack a starbase along the neutral zone. The Borg assimilate a Starfleet outpost. A newly discovered alien species reacts with hostility. A threat to the Federation or its allies emerges, 
and there's clear and present danger, it is at these times that you will be called upon to defend the Federation against hostile aggressors. These missions almost always involve the threat of conflict, though we implore you to use minimal force. Often, Starfleet Command will issue you rules of engagement to curtail collateral damage and protect as many lives as possible. This is a, a single D20 table. So, All Mike, right. the honors, give us a D20 roll. Let's find out what we get. All right, let's find out what kind of tactical mission we've been assigned by Starfleet. We rolled a 15. Provide Starfleet ship deployment strategy. Yeah. This is a good one. Okay, okay, let me type this out. Provide Starfleet ship deployment strategy. All right. My brain's already starting. So so we're giving information, tactical information to another ship, probably based off some intel we have, right? Maybe, yeah. And what I love about this, Michael, is that we have not created our characters yet. We have not created a starship yet. So we don't even know what era of play we're in yet. We don't know if this is Enterprise error. Maybe we're dealing with Romulans. Is this the original series error? Are we dealing with Klingons potentially? We don't know. We, we haven't figured that out yet, but we're just starting to put the, the groundwork together here. So we have a tactical mission type and we're going to be providing Starfleet ship deployment strategy. This could even be an Admiralty level campaign. Maybe we're maybe our main character is an Admiral and we're going into the, the war room and, and figuring out tactical strategy for deployment and whatnot. Or, and not to riff too much before we go mm -hmm. further down, this is what happens when you start riffing. This could be a because it's not well. It's tactical. Uh, um, okay, you know what? Never mind. Because I was going to say well, we could be we could be providing ship deployment strategies for a humanitarian mission, but because there's a tactical element to this, um, it's a little it's a little different. So well, it could be because we're evading Klingon warbirds or Romulans or you know other hostiles. And I want people to know you have the open. These are so flexible that you could decide that it isn't even a Starfleet ship that you're doing a deployment strategy for. If you feel like you're saying, hey, you know what? I want this to be a Cardassian ship or Fenris Rangers. So understand when at this point, you can mix it up any way you want to, just in case the next time you play, you roll the same thing. Skip Starfleet deployment strategy and make it a Borg, an XB deployment strategy out of the Delta Quadrant or something. So I just want to let people know you have that much flexibility with this game. Backload. <laughs> Backload deployment strategy. Good. All right. So now that takes us over to the next roll table, our next step in the process, themes, advantages, and complications. And this is what in story writing you call an inciting incident. This is very common what you're about to see here now with role-playing games, solo role-playing games, where you're going to end up getting a theme. And these themes are kind of vague, they're kind of obscure, and they really push your creativity. So let's go ahead. There's two tables on page 267, the incident and the theme. And these are really in verb and noun kind of build um, because you're going to see there's an action. So let's talk this out. This is my most exciting part of this, actually, <laughs> usually, because you never you really have to get creative with this. So let's give them an example, Jim. Yep. So the so the, the these are both D20 tables. And again, like Michael said, the incident is your verb. So this is like, what, what action are you taking? And then the theme is going to be the noun as far as like what's happening. So I'm going to roll the incident. Michael, you roll the theme, and then we'll see what we've got here. Okay, so the incident, I'm uh, rolling a d20 here. Uh, we have, oh gosh, we have a 19. So that means Ooh. I have to roll twice and combine it. So here we go. We got 2d20 now. Uh, so now I'm going to roll both of these, and we're going to see what incident. We've got a, com a compound incident here, I guess, right? Cool. Uh, so let's see what we've got here. We've got um, command. So mm -hmm. I rolled a three. That's command. And then 14, save. 
So command and save. Command and save. Okay, our, I wrote that our down. Verbs, our incident verbs. And now Michael is going to roll a d20. Oh, man. Let's see what the theme is. What are we commanding and what are we saving? I rolled a 14. 14. Salvageable wreck. Okay. Salvageable wreck. Okay. Okay, let's put together what we have so far because this is actually my mind is, you know, how our minds work. We got a tactical mission to provide a provide a Starfleet ship deployment strategy. Is it the wreck? Is it the salvage? And we're supposed to take command and we're supposed to save something. So this must be a ship we're saving of immense value. Could it have been some sort of prototype that we don't want the enemies to get a hand on? That's what I'm thinking is that it's either a prototype that's got that's been damaged that we need to hustle and figure out a ship deployment strategy that will that will keep adversaries away long enough for us to go in and save whatever it is on the ship that we need to save, whether it's personnel or a or a or a tchotchke, like like a like a MacGuffin, some sort mm-hmm. of device. Yep. Um, or it's the whole ship itself. Maybe it's the whole wreck. Like why can't it be a person or an ambassador of high value? Yeah. Yeah. A defector or it something. Defector, or it could be somebody in a stasis tube that's uh fueling the experiment somehow i mean who knows like there's all kinds of possibilities here it could um, be all it could be all of those <laughs> it yeah. could be it could be an a defector who has added a piece of technology advanced technology to a prototype starfleet ship you guys can get crazy with this if you want to right yeah absolutely oh, this is getting Love. good <laughs> so so now that we've got our mission type our um our specific mission type uh, from the, t- the main, so it's tactical, you know, Starfleet ship deployment strategy. We've got our incidents, we got our theme. Our next piece is to decide whether we have a starting advantage or starting complication. Uh, I think it's my turn to roll, so I'll yep. roll a d20. And if it's uh, if it's even, it's an advantage. If it's odd, it's a complication. So let's see what we got here. Oops, I rolled it outside of my little thingy. Uh, it is a 17, so that is odd. So we have a complication. Ooh, go ahead and roll that. You want me to roll it or you want to roll it? Yeah, go ahead and roll it. So we. All right, and uh, I am just now realizing that for step four on page two fifty five, we forgot to include the page reference. So I will have to fix that in uh, in uh, a later draft, I guess. But uh, the the probability matrices <laughs> for advantages and complications for those keeping score are on pages two sixty eight to sixty nine. Uh, they are uh, facing pages, so it's super easy to flip to. Uh, we have a complication. This is a d twenty roll. So, um, oh gosh, let's not roll a 20 because that's too and, Yeah, and let's, let's <laughs> let people know this is a complication to the mission. So this is very important, this part. Yeah. Okay, I rolled a nine, which is a sudden reversal. And the sudden reversal uh, text, we have a little bit of text here. It says, despite your earlier success, a change of circumstance means a previous successful test becomes a failure, reversing its effect immediately. So this is something that will fold into the narrative here. So clearly, as we get into this, there there has been a sudden reversal. So something goes wrong early on in the story that will that will shape the rest of the um, the storyline here. Yeah, my wicked mind is already going now that now that my mind is stuck on an, uh, some sort of ambassador who had experimental technology taking it to the prototype. I almost feel like they betrayed us for some reason. I don't know why. I just feel like they caused the accident because they have another buyer or something. So. But that's how my mind works. And, and this is a good time to talk about it because 
many of these things you roll may not come up till act two in your game. Now, you know it and you're going to be playing and rolling and stuff like that, people, but you don't all reveal this right away. You may reveal your basic mission type. For instance, you know, Captain's Log, Stardate 43926. We are on a tactical mission to provide um, help to a salvaged prototype vessel in sector three. It also contains an ambassador who brought a prize piece of warp technology to enhance our systems and our sensors. Um, and we need to get there before Klingon trolls capture them but the whole point that there's going to be a sudden reversal you don't really get that till that till the act end of act one when you're constructing a story right yeah okay okay yeah. cool all right so we've got that uh so that, again you know we're we're building all the all the components we need to start start writing this thing we're not just jumping into it necessarily i think you'll be able to do that more as you get more comfortable with the game and you get into it but we're just starting out here so now mm -hmm. now we're going to be creating the the first encounter that we have to deal with related to the storyline and and so we're going to do that on the encounters matrix which is on page 270 and mm -hmm. what we have is it's a short table that'll give you the type of encounter and then that gets blown out into individual tables to go into more specifics so michael why don't you do the honors here uh, the type of encounter uh roll a d20 let's see what we've got all right this is where it really gets interesting because this is really the setting that that creates this of this inciting incident so rolling I rolled a 19. This is nice. Uninhabited planet. So is it possible that the ship crashed on an uninhabited planet? Maybe. Right? Or it's in um or it's in stuck in orbit around an uninhabited planet. Or it's on a collision course for the uninhabited planet. Maybe it's drifting. Um it's it's still salvageable, but it's drifting toward this planet. And if something isn't done quickly, it's a, it's a gonna crash, and then we lost everything that we were that we're trying to save. Or maybe the uninhabited planet was the test bed for this super weapon or science or something like that. Maybe this is why they were there, kind of Genesis planet level or something. Yeah. Uh, but now that we have, now that we know that it's an uninhabited planet, we're now going to go a couple pages in. Again, these are all alphabetical, and we're going to find the uninhabited planet table, and we're going to give give ourselves a little bit more detail here. We're going to add a little bit more flavor into this. So uh, I guess it's my turn to roll. So mm -hmm. I will grab my D twenty. Uh, so uninhabited planet table. Uh, let's see what we've got here. It is a, <laughs> it's a Delta. It's a one. And that is a Ooh. devastated planet wiped out by civil war. So that explains why it's uninhabited. It's been wiped out completely by civil, by a civil war. Um, wow. That's sad. So that makes me wonder, was there, uh, was our um, salvageable wreck, uh, responsible or related to that civil war somehow did oh. something happen did some, something happen with our ship or, or the ship that we're fighting it may not be starfleet ship it might be a an alien ship right you know yep. no, but but that that ship crash landing on the planet maybe sparked off a civil war wiped everybody out and the uh you know starfleet's like oh boy okay this, this is where i can't this is where i can't help but have go into some of the other matrices here to flesh this out. This is a perfect time. I think we need to learn more about this planet, right? I, I, one of the things that we have, um, on, we have a, we have a page about which radiations you can roll on. So I'm curious to see what radiation actually destroyed this planet just for fun, because I think that that could give us a hint to the technology or weapon that this ambassador, I, I know I'm stuck on this ambassador idea, um, 
on page 314, it's random radiation table. So mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to see what wiped out this planet. Now you can make it anything. You can decide it's earthquake, hurricane, whatever. But are you cool, Jim, if we roll on the random radiation table? Do you want it to be radiation or do you want it to be um, to be something else? It could be a lot of other things. It could be a cosmo cosmozoan being. It could be. This is, this is a location, right? We do have a section on locations. We Ooh. could roll on the location table and okay. then see what that comes up with. I mean, I, I'm happy to do radiation. But uh, I was just thinking, maybe we start with location by theme. Let's that, do it. That, that probability matrix, and then if we end up with like the um, the contaminated option, we could uh, um, go into the radiation. Now, again, this is this is this is a good question because this is a this is this harkens to a, a conversation we had in a previous episode mm-hmm. where I was I was initially pushing and saying, well, you know what, I'm, I'm a storyteller. I'm just going to make this up and go with it, like what you were just doing with the radiation, right? You're like, oh, let's do radiation. And now I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, maybe we go to a probability matrix table and just see what happens, see what comes up, as opposed to just going straight. Yes. To so let's do this. Natural, as your natural storytelling instinct instinct suggested you do. Let's use the 50-50 table. Okay, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> okay, so, so it, we'll go straight to radiation if I roll 1 to 10 on the yes-no probability matrix on 254. Okay. If we roll 11 to 20, we're going to go to locations. How does that sound? Let's do it. Okay, this is what we have it for. Whenever you're indecisive or unsure, let the dice decide. So I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and roll on the 50-50 table and I rolled a 7 radiation. Okay. Okay. So okay. We'll, flip, we'll flip to the radiation table. And that was yeah. on page what page was that on? Uh, I think it said 274. Let me make sure. This is why I want to print these out and have them completely on my uh sheet. It's 2 uh 314. I'm sorry. I was way off. 314. <laughs> okay. So why don't you roll what kind of radiation this is a devastated planet is wiped out by civil war, but I'm going to put parenthetically a type of radiation here. All right. Random radiation. I rolled a, uh, what is that? That's a two uh, beta radiation. All right. Now here's what's cool. This is something really cool to do and we can show them two ways to do it, Jim. You could either run into the science manual, the science core book if people have it maybe people don't have the science core book that defines what beta radiation is but what i'm actually going to do is type in star trek i'm googling this right now mm-hmm. beta radiation and it takes me of course no surprise to memory alpha yep and i'll read what beta radiation radiation is because it's going to help us flesh out our story mm-hmm. right so okay. beta beta radiation is a type of radiation caused by this just makes sense nuclear fission, such as that which results from the detonation of an atomic bomb. I'm going to put that in our notes. What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, that, that can certainly be relevant to uh, to our possibly our salvageable wreck. Maybe the wreck was, uh, um, well, you know, maybe the... Hmm, hmm. I think now we should roll on that location table. Maybe that'll give us more. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah, so let's yeah. find that location table. And that was on page uh, 302. Go ahead and roll for a, uh, a, a lo- random location. Okay. Based on theme. Yep. 302. Give me a second. I don't have the nice paper copy like you yet. <laughs> well, it's not um, even a nice, but it's, it's a step toward it, right? It, it, it'll come. Oh, when I get mine, I'm tabbing it so that I can see everything from the side. I already know nice. that. So, okay. So 302 location table. So I'm going locations by theme. It says, do you need to generate a fascinating location for your story to land in? Do you need to add flavor to a place or character? So that's what we're doing are these location prompts. So 
rolling a d20. I rolled a five, which makes total sense. Contaminated. Nice, nice that that worked out. Okay, so I'm going to roll contaminated on location. Why don't you go ahead and roll more details about that on page um, on page uh, three hundred four. Three hundred four. Yep. So, so we we've got contaminated as the location uh, element, and now there's a there's a dedicated table for contaminated to provide even more context and more detail to that. So now I'm going to roll my d20, and we'll see what we've got. This is going to be uh, like uh, just some additional flavor that's going to impact the uh, the story here. So I rolled a. Uh, I rolled a four, so uh, local animal and and or sentient life appear fatigued with bloodshot eyes and sallow skin. So the planet is uninhabited. We can say that's uh, it's uninhabited by sentient life forms, uh, mm-hmm. but there are um, there are local animals. I guess there's a, a flora and fauna still present, um, but uh, that that local flora and fauna is has been impacted by the contamination, and they are uh, they are fatigued. With bloodshot eyes and sallow skin, so something not going well with the with the um, with the life forms on the planet. So then I got to ask a question. Then, do you think it's possible that this salvageable wreck, the ship that we're going to save, that maybe what they were doing was trying to rehabilitate this uninhabited planet for the sake of you know recolonization or something, um, and maybe the Maybe it's not an ambassador. Maybe it's a science advisor who is helping them with specialized technology, you know, to to, to help do this. The reason I ask this is this. We know we're going to have a sudden reversal. We know that somewhere in here, what seems like a normal mission to save this ship that it was doing maybe scientific research and had this special advisor, it's going to have a sudden reversal where things go wrong. Mm -hmm. So in order for things to go wrong, a sudden reversal, what would we need in a story to determine how this normal rescue mission, this tactical, it's still tactical though. So this must be a, 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 a tactical or strategic location of mm-hmm. value possibly. Right. Yeah. Or, or, and, and um, uh, it, it could be a tactical location and, or it could be um, um, something that everybody's highly seeking out. Like there, there could be a number of adversaries in on this, looking to get to it before we do. Yeah. Before, before Starfleet does. There could, in fact, in fact, what we could do, I like this part. Let's, I think we should define who this advisor and or person is. And we can do that by starting on page 282. I know we're going deeper than we planned, but I really got to figure out who the characters are in this mission. Um, who's on this ship. So if we go to 282, it actually helps us starting on page 283 to, to f- figure out who this non-player character is. You want to roll on building who this person is on the ship that we're trying uh, to salvage. Yeah. Although I, I do want to be careful that, that we don't just assume that it's a person. It could be a, a sentient AI. It could be something else. Right. So let's, let's be a little flexible there just to see what happens. Right. But Should yeah, we roll on the tape probability matrix 50, 50 or human um, or computer or. Um, no, I, let's, let's, let's get a little more detail and then we okay. can, and then we can play with that and then maybe go to the probability matrix. But I think it's, uh, I think it's your turn to roll. Okay. So we've got the non-player character archetype uh, table here of probability matrix, uh, and uh, go ahead and roll your d20. Okay, let's see what role this this character has. Like we said, we don't know if it's humanoid. We don't know if it's a computer. We're going to roll on this. I rolled a 13. So this is a politician. Politician, interesting. So, okay. 
So do we want to add more detail to this to this character or or thing? Definitely. So okay. move on to the their upbringing to help and us. We can, we can just work through all these tables here. So this is yeah. this is kind of the 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 life path in a different format, but we're providing more context around this particular character. So we have a politician character, mm-hmm. and their upbringing environment was um, another species world. So they, mm. they lived on a different species world. Now, if you wanted to, we could go back to the create character creator chapter and roll what species that is. Um, uh, yeah, we actually we could do well. I mean, uh, we could do both, right? We could. Well, actually, we can't necessarily because we don't know what era we're playing in yet. Uh, okay, so, so I think we should. You know, now's the time. Now's the time to roll the era. I think probably. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> so let me save this page to bookmark. Okay. And we can do that either by creating a character or by creating a ship, right? We can roll on the error table for ships or we can roll on the error table for characters. Do you have a preference? Um, I'm looking at that right now. Let me think. You know what? Let's let's go by ship on page 142. Let's roll by error of ship. Okay. I, I kind of like that idea. Of course, it almost... Now that I look at it, I almost wonder why we didn't use the same table for both. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Either work because because variety is the spice of life. That's why. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Get it. Get diversity, infinite combinations. Uh, is it your turn to roll? Sure. All right. Random right. matrix for starships. Firewing. A card prodigy era. Ooh. Okay. Oh. 50, you rolled a 15 to 18? I rolled okay. an 18, yep. So this is, this is uh, so somewhere in the, so 2385 to 2401, somewhere in that in that time frame-ish. It's the yeah. hard prodigy, that that late 24th century, early 25th century time frame. This oh, is God, great. I mean, so much going on. Oh, I mean, just the unveiling of the Enterprise 1701G. I mean, we're in that era. This is, to me, it's the new golden era of Star Trek, in my opinion. We'll, we'll, we'll see what it is. So that's the era we're in. So now that lets us know we have a wide variety of species to roll on, Jim. Yeah. Um, if you look at the species, how it was built is that you you can add all of them together and roll on on them so which which one are which table are you going to roll on for species they're uh, all open go, to you i'm going to go with the the next generation era species here cool and uh, so i'll roll on that actually you know what maybe i'll uh maybe i'll let the dice decide <laughs> maybe i will go to the the character species by era table um because all these species are still relevant Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pick a species. This is going to be a species from the Enterprise era chart. Uh, now, of course, all all the species on the Enterprise era chart are still applicable to the next gen, right? Um, because that's just how how it works. Uh, so right. next, we're going to we're going to pick a species from the Enterprise era, and uh, let's see what we got. We have a um, oh I hit the, I hit the edge here. I need to reroll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I rolled on my thingy. Uh, I rolled a ten. That would be an Orion. So this is a this politician is well. Now, actually, we didn't specify the the politician lived on Orion, but we don't know what species the politician is, or exactly, or we don't even know what the politician is, whether it's a sentient AI or a humanoid or something else entirely. We don't know that yet. I say you roll on the final species table because it may end up being a Sung type android. It could end up being uh, XB. So. 
I mean, but actually, should we roll on the probability matrix right now to determine whether this is a robot or a bioorganic? I mean, that's what it's there for. Sure, let's do that. Why don't you roll on the probability matrix? Um, it's a 50-50 chance of it. Well, what are, what are our choices? Humanoid or? Not. Let, let's do this. We'll artificial say. Or real or artificial or um, biological. Yes. Let, let's, we could even make it something from the species table, one through 10, 11 through 20, something else. And then we have probability matrices that can help us figure what that something else out is. That works. You like that? Yeah. Okay, here's rolling. Let's see okay. what happens. 15, something else. Something else. All right. So now we have to go to a different table. <laughs> exactly. Right. This is fun. We're going to, we're giving the book a workout here. This is heck of fun. All right. So All right. we're going to now move over to the work Al Spader did on creating beasts of, or different types of life forms. All right. And that is, uh, I'm flipping through it. We should put Jeopardy music in here. Uh, 286 life form origins. Yep. Okay. We're not, we're not getting into beasts of the galaxy yet, but we're looking at life form origins. Life form origins, the description here is uh, in space, life comes in infinite diversity and infinite combinations. From the base of their anatomy to the structure of their body, the definition of a life form has been expanded upon with observation. These origin and structure types will give you tools to help explain what the NPC you interact with looks and acts like. It looks and acts like. So Michael, do the honors, roll a d20 here, and let's see what kind of uh, interesting life form you've got to deal with. Okay, let me say why I like this first. Mm -hmm. As my mind creates the story, and we already know we have a contaminated planet, a planet that went basically through nuclear war, left it irradiated with all these mutated creatures and plants. I'm wondering if this life form that we're about to roll up can actually exist on that planet. It has no problem with the radiation. Maybe it's trying to colonize it somehow. Maybe it's part of the tactic here is to make peace with this new life form and make them an ally of the Federation by helping them live on this planet. Maybe that's something, but since the Orions are behind it, we have to wonder, right? But just, just how my mind goes. We, we don't know that the Orions are behind it. We just know that this politician lived on Orion. We don't yeah. have any connective tissue yet, but we could get, we could go. That okay. Route. I'm just saying if you're on the Orion's planet, you're probably getting messed with, but <laughs> <laughs> someone owns you. Okay. Somehow. But, but who knows? They may be Im immune to pheromones. We have to figure out what they are first. So okay. here's, here's rolling on the origin of their life form. I rolled a two. So they are carbon based. Okay. Okay. So they are carbon based. So for those of you who don't know what that means is most likely they eat, breathe, digest food like we do okay we're carbon-based life forms so now you got to roll on their body structure though this we have no budget in captain's log so we have all kinds of crazy creatures we can roll up mm -hmm. all right so body structure <laughs> symmetry life comes in many shapes and sizes uh what kind of symmetry do we have or is there no symmetry so let's see all right roll 20 d20 random table i have oh my god <laughs> i rolled a 20 so it's an asymmetrical <laughs> Body shape, carbon-based asymmetrical. So this should be interesting. It could be an amoeba. It could be a man-sized amoeba, right? Maybe, maybe. And now we're going to find out because there's actually a, a, a probability matrix for uh, carbon-based life. You're right. So now we can uh, we can roll on that, Michael. We could do the honors. D twenty. 
And yeah. we'll see just what kind of carbon-based life is this politician. It is animal. I rolled a three. Okay. And animals, of course, include humanoids. Exactly. Uh, so that's good. I think good for, you know, just for the sake of doing it. So now what we can do, we, we know we have a carbon-based life form who's asymmetrical for some reason. So that might be a interesting perk we could fold in. So I, I'm almost wondering now if we should go back to the species table and roll which carbon-based humanoid. <laughs> no, I, I think I think this makes them new. This is a new species. So I think what we, okay. yeah, so what we need to do is go to the name table, which we are gonna now show people how to use the naming convention. So if you need to create a name for a character on page, uh, 315, we have name generators. And actually, this is really fun. I thought I've been using this and we need to find out this politician species, right? Mm -hmm. So do you want me to explain how it works or do you want to? Uh, no, go ahead. Okay. So as you'll notice, if you're looking on 315 of those who have it, there's a progression. It's either like A, B, C, D, B, A, C, D, C, A, B, D. So once you roll on column one of progression, it gives you the combination of certain phonetics, common phonetics that can form words. So I'm going to go ahead and roll the progression of generating an alien name. And I rolled 13. So I'm writing down right now, Jim, 13 A, C, D, B. And so that means we have to roll on those columns, A, C, D, B, in that order, and mix the, the phonetic structures together to find out the name. So I'm going to let you, I'm going to write down what you roll, Jim. So you roll A, C, D, B, and I'll type it out, and then we'll figure out how to pronounce and construct the name, okay? Well, I think we just have to decide how many syllables do we want um, up, you know, in, in terms of the, uh, the name. Like, do we want one, two, three, or four syllables, or do we want even a longer name? Um, or, or we could let uh, the dice aside and just kind of make it work that way. Let's do four. We can always edit it if it sounds weird. It could be, you know, it could. Yeah. So let's see. All right. So it's uh, A, C, D, B. All right. So I'll roll a D20. I got a 20. So we're starting with A. So that would be H-A. So okay. ha is the first syllable. Okay. Second one is going to be C. And that is a seven. So that is a hop, H-O-P. Ha hop is where we're starting. Uh, third one is D, and that is a 16, which is OPA, O-P-A. And the last one is B, and that is a five, which is uh, A-R. A hop OPA R. A hop OPA R. And is that their name? Is that the character's name or the, is the species the, name? The species name, Ha hop OPA R. I like it. I love it. And I, I, with all these tendrils or whatever, they're asymmetrical for hop up R just seems so perfect for that. I dig it. I, dig it. I like pronouncing. Do we want to create a name for the character? I think we should totally should. So, so we have hop up R as their species. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful name. Actually. I really, I actually really like stuff like that. All right. And let's find out the politician's name. So I'll go ahead and roll one more time. And this yeah. time let's, let's limit it to what, two syllables or three syllables. Yeah. What do you think? Two sounds good. Okay. So I'm going to, so we'll pick the first two letters of whatever we roll. The progression I rolled is a three. So we need you to give me a C and an A and I will have the name. And you want me to roll those up? Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've got a C is a 15. So that would be Ved, V-E-D. Mm -hmm. And then what was the other one? Um, is a A. A, okay. And A is a uh, 16, which is B, B-E. 
So Ved Ved Bay, Ved B, Ved of the Hahap Opa I, Hahap Opa R. Yep. Ved B of the Hahap Opa R. It just sounds right to me. Although I guess uh, if you wanted to add some accents here, you can play with it, and then it could be it could be Ved B, Ved Bay. Yep. Ved I mean, you know, make it up. It's your story. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Cool. All right. Okay. So hold on. I want to do one more thing just to make yeah. to really round out this character at this point. I think we should roll. Um, let's see. How do you divide eighteen? Okay. So so I think if we roll one through eight male, if we roll nine through sixteen female, if it rolls seventeen through twenty neither, it's a it's an alien species, something else. How does that sound? Uh. Gosh, we should have included a gender table, <laughs> including like uh, agendered, uh, alternative genders. Darn it! Why, why did we? No, no. Believe me, <laughs> believe me. I'm telling you right now. I played this game already, Jim. There's yeah. no way we can include all the tables I think of when I'm playing the game. This is exactly where we we encourage people create more tables. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I think we should. Don't you think we should roll that just to f- help us start fleshing out the character and get us to know the personality a little bit more? So, so are we? Are we doing? Masculine, feminine, and something else. And something yeah, something, else. something else. We okay, could. So that's, uh, what, that's one to one to one to eight, nine to sixteen. Sixteen, and then the rest. Okay. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and roll. roll. Okay, I'll roll. Okay. Yeah, you roll. Two. Okay, so this this identifies as male. So politician, Ved B. Masculine. Masculine. Okay. We can, we can we can play with that a little bit. All right. Cool. All right. I just like knowing that because when I'm as a game master, when I'm hearing the voice, I like to know certain aspects when they're interacting with other characters. Okay, perfect. That gave us a lot. So I'm going to do a quick recap of where we're at so far, because this is becoming very rich. And if you all notice, very singular, we are now in the Picard era. (laughs) We are in the early 2400s. Late 2400s? Late 2400s. Yeah, 2020. No, uh, late 2300s. But but Picard is twenty four oh one to twenty four ten, right? Uh no, uh, Picard well, Picard is uh twenty three eighty five to twenty four oh one. That's as far as the series oh, goes. Got it. But I mean there's such a big runway after the end of season three that we could do anything we want. Right. Okay, but if, cool. you, if you're talking about Picard as a series, that was eighty five to oh one. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's a piece of thing. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Picard era, but I don't want anyone at home to think you have to be as nerdy as us about this. Just make it when you want. Okay. And if you're not sure, just call it start date four, three, nine, two, six, four, five, and then that covers everything. All right. So um, this is Picard era. Our ship has been assigned on a tactical mission to, to provide a deployment strategy. We have to command and save a salvageable wreck. Something went wrong on this mission that contains politician Ved Bay of the Hahap Opa R. He's a carbon-based asymmetrical life form who grew up or lived or for some reason was existing on the Orion homeworld. Yeah. Quite interesting. And and where is the setting for this? It's an uninhabited planet, a devastated planet wiped out by civil war, beta radiation, which indicates from sensor scans that it was nuclear fission that decimated the civilization that lived there before. Um, and, And it's contaminated, even though there's no sentient life forms, there is local animal and sentient, uh, you know, and, and plants 
that are showing no doubt radiation damage of, of some sh- sort, whether they're salvageable or not, we don't know. So this is quite a, a, a mission. And, and the complication is that there's going to be some sort of reversal on this mission. Something is going to go bad, something unexpected. Right, Jim? Is that where we're at now? That is where we're at. Although I realized that we got we got on a tangent and we didn't actually finish fleshing out um, uh, Ved Bay because uh, there's actually there's a few more tables for now that's players right that we can roll on to add some more elements to him or them like whatever pronoun he may end up they may end up using uh so let's go to the cultural traits this will help help us get some information about the um the opa r to say <laughs> to say okay what's this species what are some of their cultural traits that are involved here so i'll go ahead and roll on that table and i've got a, a 17 so their their big cultural trait. Now we could do this multiple times, but the key one is purity. Whoa, and that's interesting. Whoa, <laughs> that, that that's getting into some some icky kind of like uh, purification, kind of like I'm going to go wipe this planet out and start it over again here, and that causes civil war and oh, it could get messy here. What are you thinking? What what are you thinking? Well, so I'm I'm my my first thought is like, okay, he's on the ship, he's 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 running the ship. He, he he directed the ship to this planet, intentionally crashed it, caused a, a nuclear um, you know situation. The population of the planet went to war with each other, wiped each other out, and and now he's here. What's his what's his game plan? What's his what's his storyline? Did, did he? I mean, obviously he couldn't have succeeded at what he wanted to do because that's this is the start of the story. It's not the end of the story. Um, I, I I almost have to ask. I'm going to go even one step crazier on this. <clears throat> Is it possible that they were taken back, Hahap Opa R, the species, by the Orions who maybe sampled, you know, some microscopic life forms hundreds of years ago from this planet, and they rapid evolved because of the nuclear fission, and they want to go home and purify it. Mm. So. So they feel that they are the only surviving sentient species and therefore they're claiming ownership of it. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And, and so for and so they they basically maybe have struck a deal. They want they're not only do are they begging the Federation kind of for asylum and a planet to go along with it, mm-hmm. but you know, the Orions, they always want something in return. You know, something yeah. Well, well anyway. Michael. Well, Michael, <laughs> it just so happens. That the the next non-player character matrix that we can roll on is the character's goal. Oh, perfect! So now we can find out. Okay, what is Ved Bay's goal? So he, he his his outlook here, <laughs> his cultural trait is purity. But now, what 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 is he leaning toward? What is his thoughts? So why don't you roll perfect. a perfect? All right. Let's, let's see what his potentially what his goals are. I'm excited. See, this uh, is I'm gonna tell people this is where I would say spark the imagination because you think solo RPG that. It's boring. It can't be because right now I'm dying to know if I'm right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but and this is something you told me a long time ago. Mm-hmm. There is no right or wrong. Right. It's just whatever the probability matrices tell you. And yes. I thought that was a really valuable piece of advice. Okay. So here's where we go. I'm scared. This is where it gets, this, <laughs> when, you, when you don't know. And the thing is, remember, the character knows their goal. The players may not. And therein lies the conflict. So right. let's and find that, out. Yeah, and that is why, and this is, this is what I, I talked about in a previous episode. It took me a while to, to get this is like, this is a game. This is why we're doing this mm-hmm. because we don't know what the, we don't know what the outcome is yet until we start getting some of this detail figured out. So exactly. uh, roll, roll, let's, let's see what happens. Okay. Characters goals. 
I rolled ooh, a 12 game territory. Oh, is oh, that not no. affirming? Is that not affirming? <laughs> <laughs> so so Ved Bay looking to to gain more territory for his people and wanted to do oh. to purify it for his people. And what did he what did he see on that planet? Oh, there's a there's a there's a population on that planet that I need to go purify. But what if it was, again, their home planet before they evolved into sentience? And so he claimed stake. And that's where a reversal could happen later on, is that someone else says, you can't claim stake to a planet when you just got sentience. Mm-hmm. Or I'm just saying that. OK, that that well, I, let's, let's I'm vacillating. Let's, yeah. let's add another layer then, because the next non-player character probability matrix is Ooh. the character's tactics. So this might inform like just uh, we know Ved Bay wants to gain territory for his people but what was how did he go about doing that what was the tactics that he took to to do this so now i'll I'll roll the d20 well we're gonna we're we're looking at the table now this is on page what 285 whatever Mm -hmm. um now let's see what what was his tactics involved in getting this territory etc and i rolled a 19 which is a technological upgrade. Mm. Oh, that ties right into the ship, the salvageable wreck that, that, that can have it on. Now it still doesn't really touch on your piece of it where you're talking about maybe they were the, maybe they were um, evolved and they're coming back to their home planet. That's certainly a possibility that we can play with. Well, let's, um, let's roll Federation outlook next. Cause that could have a lot to do with it. it yeah. Remember this person is now a politician. Mm-hmm. So Maybe they're familiar with Federation regulations. Maybe actually, I don't think any Federation regulations have ever covered something like this. But let's figure out their um, outlook on the Federation because I think that could help us. Well, so here's a question for oh, you then. Before uh, I roll, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Before you roll, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, only because this this table, this matrix, is really oriented specifically to how does the character, what does the character think about the Federation Correct. now. Maybe this character maybe doesn't even know what the Federation is. So I'm wondering if we should roll on the probability matrix to say, does Ved Bay even know about the Federation? And if yes, we'll roll on this table. If no, then we'll just skip it. Uh, yes. Given that this is the Picard era, there's been a lot of stuff going on with the Federation. The Federation is probably pretty well known. Uh, he's on a ship. Presumably, it's his salvageable wreck. So he's got he's already more capable. He's probably got an idea of what the federation is so i'd say this is like if we're looking at the probability matrix um i would say this is um maybe not highly probable but probably probable right i agree so i, I agree say, you know one to 15 yes 16 to 20 no so once you do the honors roll roll d20 let's see what we come up with here okay so the question is are they familiar with the federation right so that we can then roll on that other table 10 yes 10. so he is familiar with the federation that's great um, so now we'll go to the Federation Outlook table and we'll okay. see what is now. I guess the question is, is, is it his perspective on the Federation or is it his people's perspective on the Federation? Let's say his. His. OK. Yeah. He's a politician. So he's opinionated. And, uh, he uh, he rolled a seven. <laughs> he's furious with the Federation. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this, is, this is getting there's wrinkles on wrinkles here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so he. He does. He is not happy with the Federation at all. Man, uh, oh boy, that, that really added a wrinkle here. I wasn't. I wasn't seeing that one coming. Uh, Let me think now. So, so I'm going to go back up to the top. Yep. They've been told to command and save a salvageable wreck. 
Well, so, so <clears throat> is it possible that after the original people decimated their world, that the Federation lay claim to it? And they've been making efforts to, you know, re-terraform the planet to fix it. However, as a surviving amoeba, you know, that they were originally on that planet, that it's actually perfect habitat for them. And they want to go back to it. <clears throat> they want to go back to it and leave it as it is. Would that match so far with their goals of purity, gaining territory, technological upgrades? Or do they want to just lay claim to it as theirs, even though they evolved on the world of Orion? And they're furious at the Federation for not giving it to them, bequeathing it to them. Mm. And they're behind the wreck. <clears throat> they sabotaged the ship that was maybe doing terraforming, trying to clean the prime. These are all yes, no probability questions. They are. Yeah, so you, there's those great, should be pulling out the probability and start doing some rolling here. Okay. And, uh, play with it. I mean, they're, they're great questions, Michael. I don't have an answer for you, but I, mm -hmm. think, I think you're thinking about taking it in a slightly different direction than I would, which is perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're collaborating here. And once we play characters or create characters, then we would just play through it together. Well, I'm um, trying to find out what the conflict is. I'm trying to really define the conflict. Where do you see the conflict lying so far? Um... I think it still harkens back. There's something. There's something on the wreck that the Federation wants um, to save, whether it's Ved Bay or it's something else on the ship. Right? Um, we don't really have that piece of it yet. Like, like I think the conflict is the. I mean, I, obviously, our our the point of our mission is it's a tactical mission to provide ship deployment strategy. Our incident is to command and save this salvageable wreck. So the focus of the story at the moment, at least, is that salvageable wreck. That's what we have to go get and, and save um, in addition to being tactically oriented and uh, and deploying, you know, doing the deployment strategy around it. Let's so roll. Think, oh, go ahead. Yeah. A, that makes me think that there's a that there's a threat here that we're, there, there might even be a ticking clock that we're dealing with. Um, where like, if we don't get this ship fairly quickly, some adversary might grab it. And that could cause some problems. Okay, so let's roll on that. Let's first let's roll on the probability matrix, page two fifty four. Whether this salvageable wreck is a Starfleet or other ship, does that okay. sound good? Sure. So, so one. Why don't you roll one to ten? We'll make it Starfleet. Eleven to twenty. We'll make it another polity. Okay. Uh, and I rolled a six, so it is a Starfleet ship. <laughs> it's a Starfleet ship. Or Federation ship, I guess. Yeah, Federation ship. And. We should roll what what they were. Oh, 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 I just blew my mind. We've rolled our mission. We didn't roll that ship's mission. Uh, no, we did not. <laughs> so now, now we're adding even more detail. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of important, right? We want to know that. And Okay, for people listening in at home, these are, again, the questions when you're fleshing out a story you want to know, right? If you're a captain and you're going to save this ship, you want to know what it was doing. 
We don't have that yet. We know we have a mission, a tactical mission to do a deployment strategy. Deploy could mean many things in this. It could be just pull them out of there, keep them, repair them, keep them on patrol, save them from another thing. But we actually don't know their mission. I think before we close out tonight, Jim, and before we leave any, everybody on this cliffhanger, we have to figure out what that ship's mission was, don't you? Yeah. It's the first time we have a cliffhanger without even having started the story. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Federation other ship mission. Let's yep. let's complicate things because that's what makes a good story. And Jim, go ahead and roll uh, what their mission type was. Okay, so we're on mission type. Yep. So mm -hmm. I have a, uh, a 16. So it was a spiritual mission. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> All right. And then we'll flip to uh, page 260. Um, 265, because that's where the spiritual table is. Michael, you want to roll for that one? Yeah, I mean, in my mind is going, you have this politician again involved. We don't know what kind of spiritual mission this is. I'm just, I'm I'm, I'm having DS9 feels. Please don't let Kai win be still, oh, she's dead already in this time period. Thank goodness. Okay, never mind. <laughs> okay. So on the spiritual table, I roll 16. <gasps> oh, science conflicts with long-held belief. Ah. Oh, this is getting good. <laughs> ah. <laughs> you can hear all of our cogs going. Oh, yeah, because especially because uh, Bed Bay's, uh, uh, his tactic is related to technological upgrades, right? Yes. So, so um, oh, man. <laughs> okay, so this other mission, this other ship was on a mission where they were on some sort of diplomatic mission involving spirituality and science conflicting with long held beliefs um, is where we're at. Now, what was their inciting incident that got them into trouble? Right. Uh, Page so 267. So um, I'll, again, I'll roll for the incident. You roll for the theme. Mm -hmm. so for an incident, I've got uh, Navigate. Mm -hmm. And you, you do the theme. Three, crater. Crater. Let's be clear on this now. We know that this place destroyed from nuclear war. So where did that bomb hit? We don't know. Did that hit? Did it hit a religious site that decimated the planet, but revealed something? Right. So they were investigating the type of weapon that was used. Maybe. Okay. We don't know. Right. And let's figure out what their advantage or complication was, Jim. Yep. So that, okay. So uh, we have to roll a D20, uh, even is advantage. Uh, so it, it is an advantage. So then we'll switch over to the advantage table. And um, you want to roll or you want me to? Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, the advantage is uh, redundant systems. So a little used auxiliary subsystem or spare piece of internal biology helps ease the situation. So they had a redundant system built into their ship, which is probably why it's salvageable. It could, and again, you can get creative with this. Was it something to do with restoring the planet for spiritual purposes? Mm -hmm. Was there another species that was prophesied that once the planet was cured, that they would get it? And now, Ved Bay, who has a who's furious with the Federation, is like, no, I want it terraformed for my people, not them. Mm. Because we originated from this planet before the Orions took our samples. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a conflict right there. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and to so, me, go ahead. 
No, I, I'm just I'm talking out loud. Um, so the Federation's after him. The Orions are after him. Maybe even the Orion Syndicate is after him. Maybe he's double-crossed them somehow, and they, they want what they want. And uh, maybe, I mean, potentially he's stolen some of their technology, or maybe he just owes a favor and they're, they're, the, the, the bill has come due, and he didn't want to pay them. And he went to the Federation. The Federation said, nah. And he's like, okay, screw you. I'm going. I'm going home. <laughs> I think the social conflict lying here is this too, Jim. Yeah. This is because I'm always looking for the social conflict. Like, how does it compare to now? And even though, you know, as we play the story, we would be refining it and all that. I think the social conflict is when there's a piece of property or land, how do you determine who owns it first? If people were displaced through violent means, like let's say this, for instance, Florida, it floods, it gets wiped out in a huge hurricane. Everyone has to move. But then immigrants decide to stake land there and they make the land usable. Who has the right to it according to eminent domain? In fact, that would be the title of this episode, eminent domain. Write it down. <laughs> right? Because that's going to, the, the reason I do that is because the reason I look for the social conflict, <clears throat> because I need my characters to pick a side and I need to be able to familiarize myself with some current arguments that I can roll on, on the probability matrix. So that that really helps me drive my story. Uh-huh. Right. So, so I, I, with that is where, oh, I misspelled imminent. That's all right. Keep, keep talking. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to. I'm sorry. Um, so, so I'm looking to really make this a land dispute yeah. and who was there first. And just because I was not yet sentient, does that mean I did not own the land? Mm. Even though I was maybe one of the few surviving species did not not give me the right to the land. Uh -huh. And that gives you an opportunity for some diplomacy and maybe some shit battle, mm -hmm. you know? And they get in the middle of this argument, going to salvage this wreck, the reversal is they end up in this land dispute. That, that, that's where I would go, starting with my captain's log, four, six, two, nine, three, you know. <laughs> nice, okay. Uh, right. is, there, is there anything else we, we would need here before we jump in with characters and get started with the story? One last thing. I know we don't have a captain yet, but mm -hmm. I think we should at least just for funsies, Jim, you get the honor. Roll what kind of ship this is. What's, oh, what, what's our space frame? Because to me, I want to see what's flying in. And then this is where I would call it a night and come back tomorrow and then roll up my captain and just dive into the game. But let's go with a space frame. All right. So we need... Um, so we already know the era, right? So we can mm -hmm. roll. We, we know it's Picard era. So we're going to go to the um, Picard era probability matrix, which is on page 144. We yep. have, uh, or actually, we, and, and then we could roll on previous tables too if we wanted to. Mm -hmm. uh, but just for the sake of discussion, let's just go with the Picard era here. And um, we come up with a 14, which is a Reliant class starship. And uh, of course, uh, statistics for starships are, are streamlined here for this version of the game. So it just gives us a sense of what she looks like. Um, we can then just use our own creativity offline to come up with a registry number and a ship name. 
Um, uh, we did not include a probability matrix for ship names. We just encourage people to just use your imagination and get creative about it. Exactly. Over the ship. All right. I'm just looking at the Reliant class now. So pretty. <clears throat> All right. Cool. So so that's it, people. That that took less than an hour. I just want you all to know to give us. What you... it, felt, it felt like we were doing this for a while. Is it less than an hour? That's awesome. If it is. 645, 740. Maybe it was at an hour. Maybe it was just at an hour. But but I want people to know what you have here. I'm going into my story writing thing now. <clears throat> What you have here is the makings of a story pitch. You have a theme, you know, imminent domain there, you know, going there. And then you could easily take this and turn it into one line, you know, a, for a story pitch. And if someone clued onto it, they'd be like, that is an interesting story. You know, it, can a sentient species claim a planet before they, uh, you know, can a non-sentient species claim a planet? after they later evolve and come back <clears throat> you know that that's a that's something i've never seen in star trek before have you jim uh i'd have to think about that one yeah <laughs> no i yeah. don't think so. and we're going to have the conflict between science and spirituality Ooh, and i can already see that argument like no you are not sentient therefore you can know nothing oh 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 Mm. Oh, this is going to be a fun. I think, Jim, in future episodes, we may have to hit act one on this one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no problem. We, well, we next time, let's or you know, when we get around to it, let's come prepared with a couple of characters and then we can get into this. Um, and, and to be honest with you, Michael, now that I've seen the overall initial structure here, um, I'm not sure I want to play a captain. Maybe I want to play a science officer or uh, or an engineer, maybe to get into the weeds here on the on the technological bits of the science bits. I'm not sure yet. I mean, captain, I mean, just looking at this, there's gonna be plenty for a captain to do because you not only do you have the command, uh, you know, the, the, the ship deployment strategy stuff, but with this uh, politician, Ved Bay, like there's some great social conflict potential there that you can get into that a, that a captain, like a, like a Picard or a Kirk, like would just eat that up yeah. and get into it. So I, I like the idea of playing a captain or, well, or an XO or something. Yeah, and I, th I think what we should do too is kind of look into <clears throat> the Reliant class, which which is a uh, it, funny enough we we rolled a tactical mission. It's a logistical and operational support core, mm -hmm. so it would make total sense that it goes in to do a salvage mm -hmm. operation. So we could make it that the captain is an engineer type captain. I go. think about the Sagittarius, you know, I think about the Sagittarius, uh, Nasir, uh, this is going, sorry, people, I'm taking you all the bait to Vanguard series, Dayton <laughs> Ward. Um, so, so, you know, we can make it so it's totally plausible, but the captain and the XO are science-based and engineering-based characters to tackle this. And they find themselves in a diplomatic incident, even though they're not high on command. Mm -hmm. So, so this could be actually very interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Next time we next time we roll up our characters, and I think we start tiptoeing into Act One. Okay. Um, although okay. that being said, you know, I I do like the idea of using the creation and play uh, rule because that that just cuts down the creation time totally significantly, and then we can just jump just jump right into it. Well, that's what we'll do. The creation and play rule is, of course, one page, and we'll be both run through that one page. We'll leave a yeah. lot of focuses open, a lot of our uh uh. uh a lot of our disciplines will still be wide open in there. And as we go, we just make it up as we go along. I think we can handle that. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. 
Cool. All right, everyone. This is a good way to tie a bow on Captain's Log. You can see how geeks like us could sit here and just, I mean, honestly, I could sit with Jim. And again, I did this in a game test with someone who never knew Star Trek before nothing. And we literally spent two days. We easily spent 16 hours doing four different campaigns and we were having a blast. So me and Jim one day, eight hours in a cabin somewhere, we'll be, we'll, <clears throat> a retreat, a RP, uh, uh, what did I call it last time? Uh, it was uh, RP, oh gosh. Getaway, was, RP getaway. getaway. Yes, yes, <laughs> RP getaway. Um, um, we'll but you that. know, in, in defense of ourselves, it's not necessarily geekery. This is like, this is writing. Yeah. Right. This is, this is playing what if and sitting in a room and just thinking, OK, I'm, I'm going to tell this story. I got this character. What's he doing? What's she doing? What are they doing? And you just keep adding these layers and layers and layers. And like for me, if you're like me, I'm, you're you're outlining or at mm -hmm. least you're doing a um, uh, not a beat sheet necessarily. But it's like you're just bullet pointing all this stuff and then it starts all congealing together. And then at some point you get all the information you need and then you start writing. And we're not quite there yet because we still got to create our characters. Right. Um, and I want everybody to know, but to your point, that book I was talking about earlier, Save the Cat. Yeah. He doesn't do the character first. Mm -hmm. He does the plot first and then he designs the character. So we're actually following the Save the Cat method right here. And so <laughs> for those of you who can't see, we're doing a shared Google Drive right now, a Google Sheet. And I, I listed all our points right now as we're world building um and now that we know the problem now we can really start next time talking about the characters who will who will enrich in this story this this has been fun i love this game i'm sorry it's just... great and just to just to add you know that was completely unintentional that we were echoing the the, the structure of uh, save the cat um i think that that might be just a component of like the creative uh i don't know the word guest thought like, like just the creative process that people use, maybe it's so ingrained into our collective unconscious that, that we, we were kind of unconsciously mirroring well, what he was teaching. I don't well, know. Well, let me tell you why I think we were unconsciously doing it, Jim, because I know from designing modules and mission briefs, I always have to write the plot because I don't know the thousands of people who are going to be different types of game masters and different kind of player combinations. I'm forced to write strong plots before characters so that 200 different playing groups can have fun with it. So I think that's why we kind of are natural to it. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, Michael. And in fact, now that you now that you said that, we could easily take this, like this, this um, this material here, and, and this could easily be turned into a mission brief. Easily. Right? I mean, you got you got everything right here. Uh, and then we could just, you know, we could add on to it because we don't know those characters. We don't know who's what what group is going to come to this. We don't know what random person out there in the world who wants to do some Star Trek stories is going to bring to it. So yeah, great, great point. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate it. Yep. Okay. This was wonderful. So my thank you today definitely goes to Paxton Griffin and Paxton Griffin was the play tester. If you all open up your captain's logbook, you're going to see his name there. You're going to see Matt Wonderland. These are two people who I admit were not fans of Star Trek before we started. <clears throat> they are now watching Star Trek. Paxton still plays now in our tabletop game. We're in our ninth game. Pulled in my wife, pulled in our friends, pulled in a diverse set of people. And so Paxton, this one's for you, bro, because I'm going to make sure you watch this one because this is what we did for two days up in Auburn, California, in an Airbnb. We hiked and we played Captain's Log for two days and it was one of the best experiences of my life. So he gets my <laughs> shout out. I love it. Awesome. Um, gosh, who to thank? There's so many potential people to thank. Um, this was really fun, Michael. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, go outside the norm here a little bit and i'm just going to thank you directly thank you for being the lead writer on this thank one you. thank you for 
for for helping me uh, marshal the troops and herd the cats and keep things moving and uh, for working with Allison and, and Josh and everybody else to pull this all together. I know I had I had some input onto it, but it was mostly you and the team uh, pulling the, the drafts together so that we could then refine it and, and work it all out through through layout and then development, and all that stuff. So, Thank so, so thanks to you to making, for making an amazing tool set and an amazing game based off of Nathan Dowdell's fantastic work. Um, and then thank you, of course, to the fans, right? But the fans, as always, uh, I'm going to thank you every episode for, from now until forever, <laughs> um, until we stop doing the show, whenever that'll happen. Um, because uh, if if you weren't supporting the game and you weren't supporting Modiphius and you didn't love Star Trek, we wouldn't be doing this stuff, right? Like seven years ago when we started doing Star Trek Adventures, nobody, like literally nobody in the company had any conception of doing a solo RPG version of this game. I'm not even sure solo RPGs were were a thing seven years ago. I have to go back and look and find out when when did Iron Sworn come out, when did Starforge come out, et cetera. I'm willing to bet there were some solo journaling type of games out there, but I don't think they hit quite the way they did in the last couple of years. And But definitely a Star Trek solo RPG was on nobody's radar. As far as I know, we were just trying to get the initial book out. <laughs> yeah. Star, Star Forge was 2022, uh, so it just came out. Yeah, yeah it's pretty new. Okay. Mm-hmm. When did Iron Swarm come out? Was that like 2020? Uh, probably would have been around the same. Actually, let me check. I have it in my list of PDFs here. Uh-huh. Um, Iron Swarm. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Um, it came I out in. Two, it, it came out in 2018. 18. Okay. Sean so that, Tompkin. Yeah. Yeah. So that that came out just after. Uh, uh, STA. So, so solos have been have been a thing. We just weren't thinking about mm-hmm. a solo Star Trek game. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that being said, thank you, Michael. Thank you to the fans. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Always, always, always. I cannot wait. I mean, Michael, this is the last episode officially of the Captain's Log suite of things. Um, I, I have like like especially once I got once I saw the once I saw the layout go to the printer, and once I got this in hand, and now that that we're in the middle of the of the productive churn of getting the interviews out and the and the marketing spinning up here and we got at least as of this recording the press release hasn't hit yet um even though once you watch this episode it'll already have happened long long ago um i'm just super giddy and excited to finally get this into people's hands so that they can play with it I'm at, I'm at that stage of like all the anxiety is mostly behind me of like actually making the thing and now i'm like oh i want the fans to get their hands on this book and start using it and playing it and and so that I can see what they come up with, like what kind of amazing stories are they going to tell? Because like we just spent an hour and a half coming up with an amazing beginning of a story. What are you all going to come up with? Yeah. Show us. Do it and show us and find some way. Let's find some way to share it. Uh, you know, if nothing else, we can share it on continuing mission, I'm sure. But there's got to be some sort of there's got to be some sort of journaling writing website out there that people can put stuff up for freezies. And share it with the world. I I don't know if it's Wattpad or something else, but we should probably do some research and find yeah. some tools out there that people can do this and share it and enjoy it, so we can all get super excited about it. Well, by the time this comes out too, I would have gone to Gen Con, so I'm going to Gen Con in Indianapolis. I would have been back by now, but I'm hoping I can get a hard copy of it because I need to be able to put all my Post-it notes and tab yeah. stuff, Jim. Because my plan, if the book lands there by now, we will know whether it did or not. I plan to teach people how to play and just sit there one after the other and show them how to play. So I figure I can do eight a day, right? <clears throat> minimum right. on minimum. So um, if I can get an early copy, I'll do that. Otherwise, I'll just have to print print out my scrap copy and and um, do that. But I'm really hope I want to see how people react to it live yeah. at Gen Con. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, I mean, of course, it just it just struck me that this episode will come out after Gen Con, which just feels weird because that's only five weeks away. But uh, but you're right. So I, I guess um, I know the intention was to have Captain's Log at Gen Con. So if it was there in time and you were able to get a copy, hooray. If it wasn't there in time, then like, you know, I'm sorry, we did our best to get it there in time. But uh, um, if you can't get it, or if, actually, never mind. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this offline. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but don't worry, we're, we're, we're having our temporal, conti- our temporal <laughs> continuum again. Okay, we'll talk to you all later. We thank you for joining IDIC. Uh, live long and prosper. Be safe, be well. We'll talk to you all next time. <laughs>